Dandy City get off the bottom of the table while Calder United run away with the WNPL. Branson wears a vegan kit and we take a look at the round six FFA Cup fixtures. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 14 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 14 of the Semi-Pro Potty. I'm William Chambers, your host every week, and I'm joined by Branson to my right. How are you, mate? I'm doing very well, Will. How are you going? Very good. How very was good. Your, how was your trip to Adelaide? We're in the same room again this I week. Oh, a week apart and we're still friends. It's good to know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Adelaide was boring. It was fine. But I did get to speak to Marcus Flores. Absolute yes, highlight. Yes. Parents fed me lots of food, so it wasn't all doom and gloom. But no, very happy to be back in uh, the lovely state of Victoria, the place I now call home. Lovely. That's very beautiful, mate. It is. And on the topic of beautiful as well, let's kick off with our kit bag segment. Branson, which beautiful kit, in some eyes, are you deciding to wear today? Well, this is actually one of my personal favourites. It's a very recent addition to my collection, but it's sort of, it's up there for number one. It does slightly below my Fulham kits, but it's right up there. It is a Forest Green Rovers home kit. They are a League 2 English side, so fourth tier of English football. It is a fantastic green colour. It's sort of bordering on electric. It's, yeah, it's electro green. I'd call it hyper cucumber. Yeah, good. So it's it's green with black horizontal stripes or hoops, I suppose you could say, which I think is pretty darn good. Mm. And the other thing that I like about Forest Green is they have a special uh, place in my heart, at least anyway, because they are the only certified vegan football club in the world. Interesting. Surely they're not the only one registered in the world. Because we've spoken about this at length, that when we do, and spoiler alert, everyone, Branson and I are starting a football club eventually. Yeah. It's going to be very, you know, anti-homophobia, vegan, you know, sustainable, all of the things that we think a thing should be in 2019. Yeah. Well... Forest Green Rovers are, like, certified by the Vegan Society. So, I think mm. they're the only ones in world football with that. They play at a carbon-neutral stadium. They're the greenest team on the planet. Uh, hence their kit, which is also very green. So, this is another thing that I like about some of the kits that we're starting to get on is um, opening the listeners' eyes to the world of kit manufacturing. Yes. Well, now, I don't know who that manufacturer is, but obviously it's a very sustainable, recycled kit manufacturer i believe so it's mm. player layer player layer so i how i feel about that yeah a bit of a bit of a tongue twister that mm. one uh i think they do more like performance gear rather than actual like kits or like yeah. um what do you call yeah, it? like skins and yeah, shit like that. yeah 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 rather than kits but they've come up with a good one it's like, a cracking kit like it a lot what very a, proud of you what about you mate you've got a fantastic kit on yourself yeah um Mine is a Adelaide United goalkeepers kit from I feel about four to five years ago. Yep. Um, I may have gone to a game pretty drunk with friends and I was like, that kit's on sale. I'm getting it. And it's a two-tone purple kit, which yep. I, you know, mm. there's not enough purple kits in the world I'll, in my mind. I'll tell you what there aren't. It's like, um, so it's, it's probably a horrendous kit by any stretch of the imagination, but um, look, it's worn by the great man himself, Eugene Glekovich. It was probably one of the last yes. goalkeeper kits that he wore at Adelaide United. And just an excellent goalkeeper. He retired at the end of the season. So I thought, you know what? 
Time to bust out a Eugene Galekovic. I haven't got Galekovic on the back of it, but I know it's a Eugene Galekovic kit, and that's good enough for me. The one thing I will say about it is I quite like it. It's sort of got like the dot transition fade. Mm. It looks good. It's sort of one of those ones where it looks better on the TV, so like, or on the field when you're sort of staying away because... Or looking at it from a distance. Cause it'll, like be a, it'll be a gradient, of, yes. Yes, exactly. But then when you wear it and up close, you sort of look at you go, oh, that's a bit not as nice. But I quite like it. I think it's I, very good. I also like the screen printed logos and badges and stuff. Yep. So they're not going to peel off from washing because yep. I will wear this excessively because it's heinous. The last thing I will say I like is it's a purple kit and then obviously being Adelaide United, it's got a touch of red and yellow on the shoulder and red, yellow and purple. <laughs> Red, yellow, and purple. I don't know if that's a great oh, yeah, it's, combination, it's, it's, but... Yeah, it's a copper kit. It's pretty heinous, but, you know, uh, the A-League is riddled with heinous kits over the years, I feel. Well, it's probably riddled. Tenuous segue, as ever. Yes. <laughs> Heidelberg 1, Avondale 1. Not riddled with goals, but riddled with a little bit of insight into this Premier League, uh, this NPL season. Well, yeah, you know, getting straight into it, I like it. Huge game, huge game. We picked it as much of the round. We had George predict it. It had huge implications on the on the table. You know, a win for either team would have a huge impact on the ladder. You know, if Avondale had won, they'd open up a nine-point gap. If Heidelberg had won, trim it down to three. In the end, it was a draw. Uh, you know, so both teams share share the spoilers there. I reckon it was a fitting clash for a top-of-the-table clash. End-to-end stuff. Pretty much, you know, great football being played, you, as with any game with Heidelberg in it. it was yeah, super even Avondale as well. You know, you'd expect well, it from these two teams to turn it off. Well, and then, of course, with Heidelberg, you know, any game that they play was super physical as well. Uh, the first half, in particular, was was quite even. Um, both teams, you know, sort of a bit of an arm wrestle. Both teams playing well. Uh, funnily enough, though, for a game with two, such two high-quality teams, both of the goals were rather fortunate or lucky. I think Valentin, Stefan Valentini... Opened the scoring for Avenel in the first half. He pounced on a sloppy back pass. Dribbled past the keeper for 1-0. So he's sort of sitting there going, oh, you know, that was a bit lucky. And then Heidelberg had a free kick right at the death in like the fourth added minute of stoppage time or whatever. Free kick, well saved by Oldfield. Great save by Oldfield. But the rebound just happened to go straight to a Heidelberg player who cut it back across goal. And I think it came off, Stephen Payson went in, but I don't think he knew a lot about it. It looked like it sort of got him in the thigh. So no goals of the round in this one. No, no, not in this one. Um, but went into the Sheds tied, and the second half was a bit of a different story. Heidelberg really seemed to start to dominate in the second half, seemed to control possession a little bit more. Uh, that physical element was still there. They really pushed hard for a winner as well, I thought. But, you know, having said that, Avondale still had their own chances. It, it, it sort of flipped Heidelberg had more of possession. You know, we know Avondale liked to do that. They sort of had to switch up to more counter-attacking play. Like, you know, it'd go Heidelberg would have, you know, a, a good patch of run and then Avondale get a chance on the break. I think Sakai hit the crossbar at one stage and then had a, a shot of his own to win it right mm. in the death uh, that was... Looked like it was going in, but it was cleared away by a Heidelberg defender. But they were probably the only chance really to speak of for Avondale. Heidelberg had a whole bunch. They had a goal ruled out for offside. Controversial offside call. I mean, always hard to tell, but the players were up in arms. So genuinely, when the players are pretty unhappy with it, it hints that there might be, you know, something going Mm. on there. But 
Overall, a draw was probably a fair result. Yeah. I mean, Chris Oldfield made some great saves to keep Avondale in it. And late on for about the last 20 minutes, Heidelberg, were re- they weren't just knocking on the door. They were hammering on the door. They wanted to come in. Mm. But Avondale's defence, you know, stood firm. There were a lot of key blocks. They had a couple of big outs. Liam Boland and Matthew Reid were both suspended. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit, you know, but as a defensive unit, Avondale held strong. And, you know, to be honest, it's a great point for Avondale to earn. I mean, sort of maintains that gap. Yeah, at, it keeps them out points. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, with the massive four games that they've got coming up, you know, they played Altona FFA Cup against Preston and then a draw away at Heidelberg and then coming back home to Bentley. It's probably... probably yeah, It was going to be hard to get through this completely unbeaten and they've actually, you know, to to drop two points here is not the worst result. Well, yeah, and, and speaking of that, you know, I'd, I'd sort of consider it as one point gained for Avondale. Mm-hmm. Heidelberg would probably consider themselves maybe a little bit hard done by. Wouldn't quite say two points dropped for them. But they would probably have thought that, you know, they could have, I don't know, not not could have done better, but could have got a result there. Yeah, nice. Um, and look, it's like you said, it still puts them out in front. You know, there's no reason for them to go, oh, two points dropped here is a, is a problem. You know, they're still out in front. So yeah, ab- absolutely. So fitting top of the table clash and I suspect we'll see them meeting up. Later in the season, well, we will see a meeting. Pointy end of the season. (laughs) Everyone plays each other again, so we will see them face off again, but then maybe in the finals as well. Cool. So, taking a look at the next game, though, mate, big result here. Tell me about the Dandy City game. One of a big one. Dandy City 2, Kingston City 0. They've finally done it. They've finally done it. They're off the bottom of the table. Amazing. And it's just for this shocking form of Kingston City lately. Like, they're really, they're really in it. Like, Dandenong City looked an absolute bolted lock-in for the bottom spot. And for them to just, you know, have Kingston City at home, it's one of the ones where they're looking at, we should win this. But it was the manner in which they won it. So, it was a really, really strong start by Dandy City. Um, there was a goal came early from Luke Pilkington from a corner. But, you know, the corner came from really positive play, you know, deflected shot, I think it was. Um, so they were really positive from the get-go. It was a cracking ball in. And just looking at that structure, attacking the ball from that corner looked far more organized than they did five weeks ago. You know, they actually looked like there was, you know, six players running around the box with purpose as opposed yeah, to yeah, sort of right, like yeah. lump it in there and see who gets there. Yep. So that was kind of for mine mentally when I was watching it, that set the tone for me. So I'm like, you know what? Dandy City could actually be in here. Um, it kind of reminded me a little bit of their performance against um, Dandy Thunder in that derby where they right, you know, that had, yeah. had that cracking first half where they just came yeah. out of the blocks and really positive and impactful with their play. Um, they could have had a second two minutes later, but fluffed their lines. Um, there was, you know, a lot of chances throughout the first half for Dandenong City. Um, but on the break, Kingston City had a chance, which was pretty much going over the line, but was poofed clear by Jaden and Mac um, right before the halftime break. So that kept it at 1-0, which was really good. Um, they come, Dandy City come out of the sheds. Second half, they get a second goal early on, just after the break. Filipovich um, scored, and that proved to be the winner for Dandy City. Um, but they could have scored more. They kept going. You know, they kept playing really expansive attacking football, which, 
you can read into it and be like, oh, you know, Dandy City looked good, but, you know, by stark contrast, it was set up for the last couple of weeks. Kingston City, Kingston City looked absolutely woeful. Um, a little bit surprising from them. I mean, they've lost four out of the last five, but, you know, with that loss to City. <laughs> but, but coming off that performance away at the Knights, where they yeah. had that one all draw, and they actually look like, even though they re- reduced the 10 men, that they could have gone on and won that. It's sort of like one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, it was, it was a really weird one where, uh, we're going to expect inconsistency, I think, from the bottom three to four teams this year. Yep. Um, but, Kingston City, you never know which team's going to turn up, but more often than not, if you put your money on a poor team turning up now, you'd be pretty okay with that bet. Yeah. Um, but look, it's a really, really big one in terms of league position because Dandy City are now off last place on the table. Yep. I, I'm not sure for the first time this year, but definitely since, you know, the first few rounds. Cause, yeah, for a while, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like they were they were, they were bottom pretty quick and they, they sort of stayed there, but now they're, they're out of that prime relegation spot. So it's a... It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for the rest of the year. Now, they could go ahead for the rest of the year and not win another game or yep. get any more points. But that well, performance and the current where we are on the table now, I think it's mid midpoint of the season. They can turn it around. Well, and they're not too far away from getting out of a relegation spot altogether. But also, big potential news for Dandy City. Now, I mm. don't know how accurate... This is sources I, unconfirmed. Yeah, well, you know, for some pretty. Do good, I Google Al Jazeera for it? Well, see what got, they're covering. Some some pretty good sources, but I haven't seen anything official. But word is that Eugene Galekovich will be joining Dandenong City. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, big deal, big deal. Now, if it happens, that's going to be massive. I've also heard there's maybe one or two other players. Can well, this is the thing. But, but, but again, it's not confirmed, so I don't want to you yeah, know, put if any you, pressure If you look on, at what but... Kingston City are doing in that position, so it's, if you, like, Dandenong City are doing the right things if they want to stay up. You know, they've managerial change. They've yep. brought in a big new bit of backroom staff. Yeah, big Sash Ognowski. If they're going to start signing senior players, even if Galekovich doesn't play much, having that senior head in a locker room helps. You yeah. know, like... He has been at the pointy end of, you know, bloody... He's won grand finals in the A-League. He's, he's been in the final series. Like, he knows what it, big games take. And so, you know, maybe it's not going to see any impact in three rounds, but maybe in five to six. And, when and even broader than that, you know, like if he is at the club, surely, you know, he'd do some sort of coaching capacity with, you yeah. know, younger players as well. So it yeah, might totally. not even affect players this year, but, you know, going forward... Could be big. I like that a lot if it happens. So let's keep our ears and eyes posted. Um, next game, Brand Dandy Thunder 2, Green Gully 4. Go through this one's boss, mate. Well, I'll tell you what the scoreboard operates. Got a bit of a bit of a, a workout work yeah. in this one, you know. Six... I've seen a blowout last six goal game in a while, haven't we? Well, yeah, it's, well, it's, it's like a... a tight couple of weeks, I feel. Yeah, it was relatively ro- low scoring this round. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that was the high scoring game. But, good result for Green Gully. Mm. Uh, they jumped out to a 2-0 lead midway through the first half, thanks to uh, Alex Salmon and T-Boy Kamara. Uh, once again, though, we saw a team concede almost right after scoring. Yeah, so I think, it happened uh, in one of my games as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, so. Kamara scored and then Dandy pegged one back only minutes later through Blake Carpenter. Uh, they actually had, the Thunder had another great chance to equalise right before, oh sorry, right after the break, so it went into the sheds, down 2-1, had another great chance straight after the second half, 
uh, one and one effort was saved, and then Gully went straight down the other end and scored themselves. Yeah, <laughs> so right. Dan, so Dandy Thunder went from within inches of making you know the perfect start to the second half, equalising to save Gully get the ball, counter attack, score three one, and you go ah the bum double whammy. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Uh, Fletcher was the one for Green Gully who tucked that shot away. Uh, Kamara then netted his second goal to make it 4-1 before Carpenter also got his second goal late to make it 4-2. Uh, Gully seemed to be in control for most of this one, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, Dandy did have a chance to yeah. equalise, but, you know, those good teams punish mistakes. We've seen Avondale do it. We've seen Heidelberg do it. A whole bunch of times, you know, if you're not going to take those opportunities, you're going to pay. And so for Gully to to do that, to sort of get let off the hook through that one-on-one and then go and get a goal and then put it to bed as well with that fourth, great signs for them. But more crucially for Gully and for us as well is Alex Salmon scored a goal, which I believe is the first time he scored a goal since his hat-trick the week after talking to us. Mm. So we were talking, you know, he scored a hat-trick after talking to us, hadn't scored since. And we're like, oh dear, maybe we're a, a blessing. A and then flash in the hand, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, we give you a hat-trick and then you don't score ever again because the same thing's happened to Liam Boland as need well. need to see if Marcos Flores has played since our interview. I don't think he has because he was getting treatment last week. Yeah. But maybe he scored a hat-trick in training. Who yeah. knows? Well, Liam Boland, <laughs> the same thing happened to him. Scored a hat-trick in the FFA Cup, hasn't scored since. So yeah. hopefully Alex Salmon has broken that little... Uh, that little spell for us. Uh, another good sign for Gully as well is Salmon, Fletcher and Kamara all found Yeah, they're themselves. getting goals from lots of different places. It's yeah, great. exactly. All found themselves on the score sheet. And if they can stay there consistently, they're going to be in good shape, yeah. I reckon. Going forward, uh, the result for Gully jumps them ahead of the Knights as well into fourth spot on the table. Uh, the Thunder, though, winless in their last five and worryingly for them, they've now been drawn into the, yeah, the relegation the table? Because battle. Oakley, we'll cover them later on, but Oakley are kind of starting to hit a little bit of a rich vein of form. But Well, so ooh. the Dandenong Thunder are one point ahead of Oakley and Packer. Mm. So one point clear of a relegation spot. But, you know, they're still... There's, yeah, we'll get through it later because there is a bit of a split in the table that you can start to see. Of, of You've definitely got the front runners. You've got that mid table yeah. that are, you know, just trying to... Keep in touch with the front runners and not go into the relegation zone. And then yeah. you've got the relegation zone. Yeah, well, the problem with the Thunder as well is they've conceded the most goals mm. in the league, which is, you know, never, never How again. Dandenong City not holding that well, mantle. Well, they were, and then they won 2 0, and then the oh, Thunder yeah, conceded four. So they've <laughs> thank conceded. You for, thank you for really, like, quite well answering that question. <laughs> yeah, so, so Thunder have conceded 32 goals for mm. those playing at home. They have a woeful goal difference of minus 12, which is not great compared to the teams around them. Mm. So we'll talk about the ladder later and all that sort of stuff, but good result for Gully and troubles troubles for Thunder. I mean, yeah. Gully are a good side, but not the result they would have wanted. But another team did get a result that they would have wanted, Will. Bentley Greens on the winner's list again. Yeah, Bentley Greens 3, Port Melbourne 2. Um, oh, Such a weird game because 3-2 reads as a pretty close, you know, thriller. You'd think, oh, you know, that, that third goal is, you know, deep into injury time and it's really high quality. But I've not seen a game like this in a while where I reckon every single goal was very savable. Yeah. Like... Yeah. 
It was just a game where... Like, it was exciting. It was an exciting game, but it was, none of the goals were particularly difficult to keep out. And yeah. so you just saw that. What the hell is going like, on? No here? moments of like, you know, uh, cl- not, cl- not class, but you know, if you know what I mean, no, where you go, oh, that was a good finish or, you know, great shot or yeah, not much the keeper could have done, you know, or great passage of play or. Yeah. There was, it just lacked a lot of quality in the, the final third. Left but, a bit to be designed in the finishing department. But yeah, but I mean, like, it was still a good game. So, I mean, definitely have a look at it. Um, Bentley Green started with a lot of purpose you know they were really dominating the midfield and the defense of the sharks and you know you start to look oh okay here we go um two early goals in the first 20 odd minutes i think what valentini ul um you know he had a shot get put um bentley one nil up um definitely could have been saved um and then arnold see you um two nil up at that stage, again, another shot could have been saved. Um, Sesnick scored early in the second half. That gave Port some hope, so it was 2-1 at that stage. Um, they definitely looked better at the start of the second half than they did the first half. Yeah. Um, but look, uh, after that, the game sort of had a lot of chances in it, but then there was a ball that was played out from defence. I can't remember who played it, but it was lovely. It was with pace and down the wing. Um, UL was not really going to get onto it, but he still chased it down. The defenders got it out wide, passes it back to the goalkeeper, UL. And, you know my stance on this, UL chases down the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper dilly-dallies on it. Um, he doesn't even... He goes to well, kick... The goalkeeper goes to kick the ball he, and just misses the ball. But the other thing as well is the back pass, you know, comes towards him and the goalkeeper runs away from the ball. Like, yeah. it's rolling to... It's like he sort, of, he sort of backs off to try to give himself space to, That's, you know, yeah. to hoink it away. But it, the camera angle is great because you see the ball, you see you well charging at it and you see the goalkeeper running away yeah. from the ball and then all of a sudden he goes, oh, crap, I better better kick this. And yeah. he goes to kick it and UL gets there first. Uh, you know, the... We have this argument constantly of whether or not that is a bad goalkeeping or good forward play. And I think in this in this case in particular, terrible goalkeeping. Oh like my you, god, Branson! No, you got if the striker's not there. It's not bad goalkeeping. Like <laughs> the striker if UL is do- there. Yeah, I know, but that's the thing. If UL doesn't make that run, like, and it's a busting run as well. Like, yeah, no, don't get me it's wrong. A very big run that he has to. Like, I would have not done it. Put it that. Okay. Way. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. I would be like. If there we're going to categorise goals as good, if, if if Will couldn't have done it, you know, there's going to be a lot of a lot of good ones. Yeah. But I just think uh, full credit to the striker. All the time you go, yep, they've got to put that pressure on. But the way that I see it is that the goalkeeper should never allow that to happen. Like, you know, he should have spent. He could see you well. It's like, oh. yeah, it was it was so, such a pedestrian back pass as well. Like the ball comes out. I can't remember who the defender was, but like he takes a touch. He like we know what he's going to do, but he just takes a goddamn long time to do it, and that's what gives UL, I think, the motivation to go. You know, what? I could charge this down. Yeah, absolutely. And the goalkeeper can see him charging it down, so it's got to be up to him to you know just kick it away, do yeah. something, you know, out for a throw, whatever. Just mm. don't let that happen. But anyway, that wasn't the final goal in the game. No, no. So that took Bentley Greens to three one, and look, credit to them. I think Port still sort of were chasing the game and. You know, they didn't look totally beaten. Um, you know, they got a little bit of reward laid on for their sort of play by getting a late um, penalty. Um, and again, it was initially saved and then tapped home by Kunigaya. Um So it was just a... Like, yeah, it's, it's hard for a goalkeeper to pull off double saving penalties, but the first shot was not hit with too much venom and it was kind of saved. And 
then it was popped back out. And so, you know, we're talking about a five-goal thriller where every goal should have not gone in the back of the net. But, you know, here we find ourselves with Bentley. That's three wins in a row. Um, you know, that given the results in the other games as well, that puts them up into third with only one point behind Heidelberg. So that's that's a really, really good result and um, a good set of results around the league for Bentley because, you know, they're now right right back into sort of that, that top pointy out of the table. Well, absolutely. And their next game's against Avondale, so that'll obviously be mm. a big test. But their three wins in a row have come against, you know, some of the lower teams, Port Melbourne, Dandy I, City and Kingston City. Yeah, but I feel but, like but that's what you want. better. That's, yeah, I feel But like, that's what you want, yeah. you know. Like, those are the games where you go, great, win it, advance. You yeah, know? I feel like... But we've spoken about teams that play well but don't get points. You know, Port Melbourne's probably one of the, the yeah. really strong cases for that. Yeah. Um, Bentley, Bentley are the other side yeah, of it. Like, yeah. they're not playing particularly well. I think there's more, um, there's more capacity for them to get better throughout the season. Yeah. You know, you want to be, be good towards the end of the year. And they've got injuries as well. But I mean, yeah. it, the only thing is, you know, their coach going to Western United. I, I did hear the commentators say at one stage that this would be his last game. Again, yeah, okay. I, I don't know. It may, it may not be, but that, 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 could, yeah. be, that could be a factor heading into the rest yeah. of the season. But taking a look at another game, Hume City, Melbourne Knights. Yeah, Hume City about. 3, Melbourne yeah. Knights 1. Um, whew, I don't know if I did expect this result. Knights are not in the greatest run of form. Mm. But... You know, Hume City, by the same token, you can kind of take it or leave it with them. You never know really what which team's going to show up. Um, but look, it was an end-to-end high-tempo game, as often is with Melbourne Knights games. I quite like that about them. They're a very entertaining team to watch. Um, and Knights, you know, started with a high-tempo, and they were on top early. There was an early goal to Svitkovic. Um, You know, after that, Knights had three to four really positive chances. You know, they could really think that they could have been more goals ahead. Um he took a run of play against the run of play. James Brown scored a goal. You know, comments we keep on file. God, he's banging them in this season. Um, to make it 1-1. Um, Pume City, they had a great start to the second half. And to be honest with you, there was sort of, I think there was a game changing moment in this where it's 1-1. Um, Urson Kaya came off the pine and his combination and play with James Brown, I think they were the difference in this game. So where it was 1-1 looking quite tight and Knights probably, you'd feel aggrieved if the game finished 1-1. You'd be like, Knights had a lot more chances and, and really should have got the three points out of this one. Um, yeah, it was Urson Carr and James Brown. They were the absolute difference in this. Um, you know, it was great performance from both of them. Just some of that build-up play in the, the early stages of that sort of him coming on. Really impressive. And it proved the difference. Um, you know... I think Knights would walk away from that one going, if we took our chances in the in the first half, Kaya comes on with Melbourne Knights 3-1 up, it's a completely different kettle of fish. Yeah. You know, I think Knights would have got a win if that first half had maybe been a little bit more fortuitous to them. Puts Knights in fifth. Um, Hume have got three wins from four. That's a really good sort of run of, run of form for them. Um, and they're only two points behind Knights. So, you know, that that the fact that Hume got a pretty. I wasn't. Wouldn't say it was a convincing. It's convincing in terms of the scoreline, but Knights and Hume are going to be around the same point in the table. I feel because if yeah. Knights can't get their consistency down, then I think they're going to be 
you know, battling for around that sort of, that finals sort of playoff area. And it really sort of helps bunch up that, you know, four to seven spot on the table. That sort of, that, yeah. that, that, that finals race in it. I think there's what, three points in it? Like, like any team could now like, yeah, and like jump the, jump the sort of like teams above them with a good performance. And we yeah. saw it with, um, with Bentley, you know, just, they played well and teams around them didn't and they sort of profited from it. Well, and a loss and a draw to the Knights as well season slide back down to the rest of that pack, yeah. you know, like five points dropped, you know. Which yeah. is so weird because they played really well in this. Like, they, they did play well. It's just, I think that James Brown, Urson Kaya combo just... Worked well that for was, Hume. That took Hume to the next level. Yep. Whereas I think Knights hit their level in the first half and didn't take the chances. Yep. Um, so next one, over the cannons one, Pasco Vale nil, the derby for 12th versus 11th. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was, this was a big game, you know, talking in terms of the table and everything. Attacking first half, uh, good movement and chances for both teams as well. But, you know, as you might expect in a battle of 11th versus 12th, those chances just sort of lacked a touch of class at the end. You know, both sides had opportunities, but didn't have that, you know, that little bit of, that little bit extra to turn those chances into goals. Eventually, though, uh, Oakley did take the lead uh, through Joe Guest. He did take his chance. Had the ball out wide and he sort of made a, you know, a driving run into the middle. It was really bizarre though because the Paco defenders just sort of seemed to, you know, they were looking at him. He was out wide and like, yep, we're happy with that. He made a driving sort of cutback run and I think, you know, three defenders just sort of watched him go. And I'm like, oh yeah, cool, cool. Let <laughs> Just sort of let him dribble into a dangerous position. Well, that's quite nice. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, they just sort of let him dribble into a dangerous position at the top of the box. He got his shot away and it, you know, it, it just sort of found... The bottom corner. So the defending there, again, as you'd expect from a battle of eleven first twelve, had a little bit to be a little bit, bit to be desi- desired. Sorry, there, geez, almost stumbled on that one. Uh, the cannons did almost all of the attacking in the second half. They, ha- they actually had two more goals ruled out for offside. So they thought they'd found the back of the net um, twice. Turns out, no luck on that one. Despite that, though, Paco came exceptionally close right at the death of stealing a point out of this one. Uh, it was a headed effort, sort of a looping header that came off the bar. So unlucky in the first instance, so that didn't go in. But then the second one was followed up by, I don't know if it, you'd categorize it as a shocking miss, but a, but a bad miss, you know. So the rebound falls down to the Oakley player, takes a first time on the volley and just lashes it wide. And I know you could probably say mm. this for... For most missed shots that didn't go in, but like... We've got the measure now of could William Chambers have done it, and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't <sighs> think I could have, so I don't think it's a shocking miss. I don't think you could... I think it's one... I don't think it's shocking, but it's sort of like you'd... You'd want, want you'd, to take a chance with it, yeah. Yeah, and and it's... Hey, and you could say this about most missed shots, but it's like if it hits the target, it's going in. Like, yep. like I'm, And by that I mean like the keeper's beaten because, you know, he had to scramble for the crossbar, the defenders were sort of... In awkward positions, so if he'd hit the target, but I mean, again, could say that for anything, but the result here, I reckon, is more the talking point. Oakley, two wins in a row now, two wins on the trot, and they've been lifted out of the relegation zone for the first time Mm. since round one. Really surprising turn of form for them. You know, I did not pick it, I did not expect to see it, but... 
They've done it. Well, I, I, I always thought that Oakley had something to offer. You know, we talked about Kingston and Dandy and so looking at uh, things looking, gr- looking grim. Oakley always thought had something and, you know, maybe they're starting mm. to show that. Yeah. Uh, but for Paco, though, they fall into the playoff relegation spot. They have lost four of their last five. They're tied on points with Oakley now and, you know, either a winter either side could see that could still see them jump mm. as high as eighth. So it's not all doom and gloom. It's still very tight down there. Uh, and, and, you know, that result sort of starts to tie in some other teams, you know, Southport and Thunder as well. But yeah, a great result for Oakley and, and disappointing for Pasco Vale. Yeah. No, uh, look, final match of the round as well. Altona Magic 1 at South Melbourne 2. Um, bit of a shock, you know. I'd say that Altona, despite their loss to Aberdale last week, I thought played pretty well. I think they've probably impressed me more than I expected them to this year. So... I thought Altona were pretty much a shoe in for a pretty tepid South Melbourne this season. They've yep. not really found their their strides yet. They've done the whole managerial change. We've not really seen any real positives out of that at this stage. But, you know, it was a Dow first half. I'd probably say that South Melbourne actually edged it. Um, but, you know, splitting hairs there, trying to figure out which was the better team of that. It was a really quite boring first half. Um, but Altona took the lead just after the break from Troy Ruthman. Um, and, you know, like we saw earlier, you know, an immediate equaliser for mm. South Melbourne by Shrine. Um, I don't know why that's such a trend, but it is. Anyway, oh, just, yes. it's, it, I, feel like, I feel like it's coach killer, but, you know, there's other worse coach killers there. Um, but, yeah, it was one where, you know, this went down the other end and scored, you know, immediately after. Um, but Marafiotti scored the eventual winner for South Melbourne. And I reckon he's probably man of the match. I think, you know, in a... Like I said, South Melbourne are pretty tepid at times. I think Marafiotti is definitely the highlight of that team and um, he gets things going for them. Um, Brad Norton, though, had an insane shot on target that forced a great save from Collison. Um, that really could have sort of changed the complexion of the game. Um, it's one where there's an initial save, um, it's cleared out and then it's like hit on the volley 25 yards out on the left hand side yeah, and yeah. it's just like really nice connection William Chambers could not have done it yeah, yeah good um, so that was good look there was a late flurry chance for our tone of magic um, look maybe a point would have been fair to share between them but South Melbourne get a good three points you know they're now they're huge yeah South, South, so South Melbourne are five points behind our toner in eighth um, but that does stop them from pulling away you know, yes. that, that points yep. difference is now not, like, like it's not it's, more. It stops a big gap from opening up. Yeah. Um, so that's actually, I think, for the table in general, you know, that, that relegation and that sort of mid-table gap gets reduced. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, lucky three points for South Melbourne, I feel. But Marafiotti, again, probably the difference. If we look at players who were differences in games, I think Marafiotti was probably and, the difference. And, and, and still a very good result for South Melbourne, you know, who yeah. haven't had a great run of luck. Who knows, they could probably turn it into some form. Absolutely. But speaking of results, mate, there are some more results that we want to talk about. We've got a very football-heavy week this we week. We do. Um, FFA Cup... Round six. Uh, sorry, round five. I did write on the oh, run sheet oh, round six. That's my bad. As soon as you said that, I said, oops, that's wrong. Uh, round five. Sorry, Will. Sorry to throw you under Stitch the bus up. there. Yes. Uh, a few results to go through, though, so let's uh, reel them off. Murray United lost 2-0 to Boleyn. Mm-hmm. Boleyn going well in MPL 2, I believe. Yes, they are. They're doing quite well. Oakley, 4-1 victors over North Geelong. Avondale, 
2-0 victors over Preston. The Eastern Lions fell 3-4 to St. Albans. Doveton. How was the pause on that? St. Albans. Al- St. Albans. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know why I did that. It was yeah, just, great. Just, just felt natural. Uh, Doveton lost 1-0 to South Melbourne and the Knights came out 3-0 victors over Fitzroy City. I know which City. one I'm upset about. I wanted to see Fitzroy City go deep into this, but they have not. Um, look, it's a very NPL heavy, um, you know, list of winners. You know, most yes. of the NPL yep. teams got through there. Yep. Um, well, I think all actually. Yeah. Yeah, all did. So, you know, we'll see how that goes for upcoming round six. Yes. Which uh, we'll yes. get through to the fixtures later on. Yes. Um, next thing we want to do as well is just to have a quick jump because we're around about sort of mid-season of, um, the NPL. Have a look at WNPL and see how that's, um, how that's going. So, um, you know, around 13 of 27, we obviously talk about Southern United every week and we yep. know they're very much anchored to the bottom, but yep. who's on top? Yeah. On the complete flip side of the table, Calder United are running away in first. Mm. Um, they're stringing together a lot of good wins, a lot of good performances. I'm really impressed by them. But then after that, there is a very tight finals push with Bulleen, Heidelberg, Alamein, South Melbourne, all separated by six points. And just talking about Calder very quickly, they've only lost one game so far this season, you know. So they've won 12, mm. lost one. I believe that one loss did come to Bulleen, mm. second place Bulleen. So, you know, there's a big points gap there. But come finals time, we saw Bulleen do it last year, win it from second, knocked off South Melbourne, who were probably a better team. Yep. Could could happen again. Yeah, and we know that Bulleen are pushing pretty hard to, to sort of get that. But it's, it's going to be an interesting... Second half of the season because you know they play each other again and you know yeah, sort of absolutely. some of them yeah. have already started playing each other again so it's we sort of now know a little bit more what to expect. Um, you know, moving on from that sort of I guess the mid slash finals push of the table, Box Hill, Geelong Galaxy, um, Bayside, and Senior NTC round out the pretty much I'm calling them non relegated positions. Yeah. Um, just because there's, you know, that bottom is very much taken up by Southern United with a goal difference of what now? Minus 117. That is quite a bit. Yeah. Just to put that into context, the senior NTC are the uh, ninth place team. The goal difference is 43. Minus 43. Minus 43. Which, which in itself is pretty woeful, but, <laughs> but does not look as bad when the team below you's goal difference is three times worse. Yeah, and um, Golden Boot, we've got a two-horse race there. Um Catherine Zimmerman and Melissa Garcia joint leaders on 21 goals. I think the next person in line is around about like eight or 10 or something. Um, so it's, you know, it's a two horse race there. Um, well, and just take a look at, you know, the back of the ladder as well. I just want to give a quick shout out to, uh, Jack, who did, my mate Jack, who did the WMPL preview at the start of the year. We did ask him to pick a dark horse. He did pick Bayside. Yeah, he's well absolutely his... cooked that good. Yeah, yeah, that he's not languishing in eight. Yeah, not, <laughs> not, not great, unfortunately for, for old mate Jack. But, you know, second half of the year to turn it around, maybe. They'll listen to this and go, geez, we've let Jack down. We're not about that. Let's just... uh we get him sacked. <laughs> get Jack sacked. Yeah. From his coaching for role. football insights. <laughs> for oh, for his sack from the... Yeah. I, thought you meant, yeah. I, I thought you meant before he's tipping get sacked from his coaching gig at Bulleen. You're like, ooh. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, yeah. Could happen. Yeah. Could, could happen. Um, do you know what else could happen? Some Nike FC Cup quarterfinals. Yes. Pictures yes. brand. Run us through those ones. Well, so it's the women's knockout... Fixture for Victoria. So some pretty tasty fixtures 
to come up in this one. We've got Geelong Galaxy taking on Heidelberg. Mm-hmm. Box Hill United versus the Eltham Redbacks. Melbourne University against the Preston Lions. And then an absolutely massive one, Boleyn versus Calder. Mm, I reckon we have to get along to that one because that'll be amazing. Huge, huge. I mean, when you look at those fixtures as well, you know, they're, they're relatively even. I'm always, I'm always going to love a big Melbourne University versus Preston Lions game as well because any university team in semi-professional football has a lot of time with well, me. Well, you know, Melbourne University and Preston, you know, two non-NPL teams getting a, a favourable matchup there. You know, it's always good to see, you know, the two... It's going to be tough for Berlin and Quarter. You know, one of the favourites is going to is going to go out. Yeah. But, for, but for all the other teams, you know, that's actually a, a bit of a good thing. You know, Geelong against Heidelberg, two NBL teams. Heidelberg probably favoured in that one. But then mm-hmm. Box Hill drawing Eltham Redbacks as well. State League one side who are doing pretty well in the FFA Cup as well. But we'll talk about that later, mate. Yes, we will. And look, that's a pretty goddamn long review section. We covered off a lot. We cut off the MPL. We cut off the WMPL. We covered off the FFA Cup as yeah, well. well very, We've very, done a lot. Well, very football heavy, but you know, plenty of football to talk about, which is always good. It's what we love. All right. So everyone take a bit of a break. We'll be back in a couple of seconds to kick off part two of episode 14 of the Semi Pro Potty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of the Semi-Pro Potty, the bit of the podcast where we start to look at the world of football through a semi-professional gaze. Indeed, yes, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure if you were going to, you know, continue on there. I didn't, I didn't, want, I didn't want to, you know... Yeah, up. neither did I, but I quite liked just the, the poetry of semi-professional gaze. Yeah, well, I didn't want to tread on your toes there and, you know, spoil your train of thought and no. your poetic... L- lyrics or- dalliances yeah. anyway um <laughs> this part of the podcast you know we like to look at the world of football and find out you know things are a bit semi-professional that's so semi-professional is the uh title we give this one and, yep you know i'm gonna kick one off branson it, it didn't happen this week but it's one thing that i was thinking about while we were at the i was at the uh football victoria community conference the other week and they're talking about you know obviously ways to generate revenue and money in the business of football and everything yeah and i think there is a very very underutilized sponsorship opportunity yep in football tell me that is quite so professional as goalkeepers in hats right so you know how like every club will do the traditional front of shirt sponsor maybe a couple of sleeve sponsors some shorts the, the lower leagues that you go to in the world, you start to see them, you know, you say, man, what, More if, we did, what if we did two front of shirt sponsors or yep. like nine short sponsors? Yeah. Um, and I think there is a very big missed opportunity of goalkeepers in hats as sponsorship. Right. So, so tell me what you, you're envisaging here. So yeah. you reckon goalkeeper hat. So, well, I don't know, let's say just a black hat and then right on the middle is a big, Bloody logo. Whatever logo. Big old logo of anything. Yeah. Yeah. And because if you think about the number of goal kicks that happen or like, you know, corners, it's quite a lot of close-ups on a goalkeeper. And if your goalkeeper makes a howler. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's good airplay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that is an interesting thought because we did see, I think it was one of the Hume City Keepers Mm -hmm. earlier back in, way, way, way back in the season, they were wearing a hat and it was just a... 
New York Yankees hat, you know, mm. like not not even a stock yeah, standard. Yeah, definitely FB. from the boat. He's <laughs> definitely ganked that from the yeah, boat. Yeah, or, or grabbed it off a fan and said, mm. oh, hey, man, it's a bit sunny. Can I borrow your hat? So you mm. reckon, how much revenue do you reckon would be? Well, how often do goalkeepers don't wear hats? Though? I know, and that's the problem. It's or like, do we invoke the old school primary school, no hat, no play? I would love to do that. Wow, God. I would absolutely <laughs> love to do that. Goalkeeper, you have to wear a hat and it has to have a giant sponsor In on. summer, any goalkeepers who want to sport a league, Legionnaires had as well with maybe a sponsor on the front and yep. then a sponsor on the back. Yep, very I am sense, all for it. Yep. Um, so that's my somehow didn't happen this week yet somehow makes it in the podcast. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> um, good, good thinking. I like it. Very innovative. We need that. Other semi-professional things that you saw this week, Brands? Well, one that I saw, it's a bit of a weird tangent, but Mike Dean is a Premier League referee. Not semi-professional, I would say. No, I'd say he's quite professional. Yeah, very professional. <laughs> it doesn't get much more professional than the Premier League. Some might argue that his decision-making is very semi-professional, but Ooh, he's, he's, he's known as quite a character. He's a very enthusiastic referee. Loves a card. Good, uh, good carding. Yeah, and, 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 and loves running with the players and just doing weird stuff. Anyway, he was spotted at... A game on the weekend, a special game for him, it must have been, he was celebrating for Tranmere Rovers in the grandstand with the Tranmere Rovers away fans. Tranmere Rovers who just got beaten by Forest Green. Well, who just beat Forest Green Rovers. Was, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so he was in the crowd for the League 2 semi-final, playoff battle semi-final, sorry. Uh, Tranmere Rovers won, and so they're actually on the way to Wembley to battle it out to win promotion to the Premier League. And Mike Dean, there's footage of him in the Tranmere Rovers end having a bloody good time. He is going off his tree. He is standing on <laughs> yeah. seats. He's like double he's fisting sing- the age, yeah. bloody like bloody, he's, he's having singing, a great you know, time. Like, sera, sera. He's singing in. He's he's doing everything. He's yeah. right about it. And Can you I retweet? Just... Can you find that video and retweet it because it is yep. so good? And Absolutely. Be able to see it. So if you're listening to this right now and you walk on your run or whatever, jump on Twitter, have a look because yep. it's, he's like, I, you were at the Melbourne City Adelaide United semi-final. You yes, were at the quarter-final. Was it quarter-final? Yeah, quarter-final. Yep. Yeah, you, you weren't bloody celebrating that no, hard. I'll tell you what, if we'd scored, I might have. But, <laughs> but, you know, uh, but the other thing that I just like from this is I just love the idea that refs have teams. Yeah. You know, because you'd think that they probably would because they'd be football fans. You wouldn't be a referee if you weren't a football fan. Most Imagine of, if you hated football or yeah. a referee. <laughs> you just job ever. <laughs> well, there are people who don't like their job, so, you know, you never know. But, you know, I just like the idea that referees have teams and it's good to mm. see... Uh, a Premier League referee is at heart just a big football fan like the like the rest of us. Yeah. Um, next one, Bran. You've got we've got we've actually got a bit of an A League spin on the next few. What have you got, Bran? Yeah, we do. Well, the Adelaide United Perth Glory penalty Crack, shooter cracking game. Oh, absolutely! Oh my God, absolutely. Two coming back from two 0 down and then to equalise again. Did after not going expect behind it. Did extra time. Not expect it. Anyway, game went ended up going to penalty shootouts. Once we got there, though, there was a bit of some semi-professional quality penalties God, in there. Shit house I thought, <laughs> so like, bad. I mean, to their credit, they all hit the target. Every single penalty hit the target, and there's yeah. a lot to be said for that because you know, as as a fan, bare minimum, that's what I want. Because if you hit the target, you've got like maybe I don't know a fifty percent chance of it going in. Mm. You know, because the goalkeeper's probably going to dive. There's a chance he dives the wrong way, so just hit the target. But a lot of them sort of seem to take that to to the extreme and just sort of almost try to pass it softly. And they're all all at a very savable height. This is what really pisses me off about a, you know, penalty shootout. So 
you're tired, I get it. Don't side foot it. Yeah. Like, put your laces through it because, like you said, all of them are at a savable height. And because yeah. they haven't got that pace behind them, they're just like, like I think it was Liam Reddy. He didn't have to do any miraculous saves at all. Well, one, one of the other things that I thought as well was, you know, my mate Forbes and I, we, we were watching the penalty shootout and we were sort of sitting there and we could tell which way the players were going to go from their run-ups. And, you know, we're just two armchair fans just sitting on the couch going, he's going to shoot this way. Yeah. And, 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 and that's because you don't put pace behind it. The goalkeeper knows which way you're going. They yeah. just have to get there. Yeah. If you put pace behind it, they may pick the side but not be able to get a big enough hand. And, you know, for us to sit there on the couch and be able to pick mm. it, you know, surely surely that other goalkeepers mm. or the actual goalkeepers who actually sort of know what they're mm. looking for would be able to pick it no. as well. Sick, one Sick game, though. One thing, though, that wasn't very semi-professional in this, very professional, was Craig Goodwin's, Craig Goodwin's penalty well, you, was the His lovely. first one, you go, that is... That's a big risk. It's, so he went for the sort of Penenka chip down the middle. But he also middle. did it with pace. Like it actually, yeah. it, well, it didn't have pace on it, but it was not like a really slow lobbed one. Very was, ballsy first penalty in a, in a shootout. Yeah. But that's that's what I like. You've got an A-League thing that you thought was a bit semi-professional as well. Tell me about it. Yeah, semi-professional Melbourne victory. Yeah, put him in the bin. Who loses They're in just- a finals match? 6-1. Well, they're just a thir- they're just a third team in Melbourne, mate. That's all they are. That's all they are. Propping up the city down yeah, the bottom. They're just there for bloody stats. They're not <laughs> even a club anymore. <laughs> How many teams have lost, have conceded six in A-League finals? Two. Yeah. Who's the other? Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> At least for the victory. I mean, I don't know. Would you rather lose 6-1 in a semi or 6 one in a final. Oh, it's definitely six one in a semi. You wouldn't you lose six, yeah six nil in a final. Was I think that made it around the world as like one of the goddamn like biggest losses in a final. Yeah, like, yeah great. Yeah. Well done. The one thing that I will say in favour of the victory is it's a fight. Once it was like you know three nil just before halftime, it's over. Everyone knew it was over. Sydney knew. Oh, yeah. it. Sydney knew it was over. The victory knew it was when over. When Sydney were three nil up at halftime, I'm like, if they don't win this six nil, they are lazy. Yeah, and. They all six one. I'm like, that's just lazy football. But you know, for the victory, you know, once the fourth goes in, you just feel like, I just don't yeah, even. Like, like, I don't even care anymore. Like it's hard to to be motivated for that. So they did get one back right at the yeah. end to give them some sort of to no avail though. But the 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 sad thing as well, disappointing end to Honda's time in the A League. Well, yeah, is, I will say, I, is he over? I believe he's one and done. So that's no. that's probably a sad a sad note to end I'd on. I'd say it's better to get one season of Honda in the A-League than none at all. So yeah, absolutely. Um, congratulations on everyone who made that happen. That was not semi-professional. He's genuinely an excellent custodian of the game. Um, on the topic of custodians of games, did Southern United win this week? Like, do you know what? They didn't. Funny nothing. <laughs> Shit. They didn't. They Stop lost. Stop the press. They lost 5 0 to Bologna. Hey, that's not bad. Exactly. That's what I was getting at. It's not bad at all. Considering the first time they yeah. played to them, they lost 10 0. So they lost 10 0. Now 5 0. So at this rate. Yeah. So at this rate, you know, if they're harming the scores, next time they play, they're going to lose 2 and a half nil. And then the fourth time is going to be nil all. So, you know. So you're. Hang on. Are you making it. You're not making it a linear. No, I'm thinking they've halved. You're the going to make it exponent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. I mean, I don't know how they're going to concede two and a half goals in a game, but mm, intriguing. Yes, I don't know. Maybe. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But you know, not a, not 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 an awful result. No, it's I mean, well, as well. I, I, mean, I do I do like the idea that we're saying five nil is well. You know, not an awful result. Positives out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they they did lose, and as you mentioned before, in your 
WNPL wrap up. They are firmly anchored to the bottom of As the table. As always. Um, we don't like them being at the bottom, but we do like no. a lot of things. So this part, we talk about some of the things that we liked from football this week. Yep. Um, mine kicking off. I absolutely love that the commentator of South Melbourne was Bryce Rutherford. Yep. Had to commentate his own brother's goal. Yeah, good. And how did he do? Oh, very well. You know, it was, you know, it was a, it was a good goal too. And he's just like, eh, well, it wasn't a good goal. It was an important goal in the context of the game. Uh, and he was just like, yeah, you know what? That's, uh, that's my brother who scored that goal. And I'm not sure if you'd have pangs of, if you'd be proud or if you'd be a little bit, you know, obviously it's, you know, siblings you play soccer against them in the backyard. Yeah. You never really want to talk them up too much. Yeah. Yeah. So you probably as well, anyone on the pitch could have scored that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well, he did a good job. You, you're a fan. Yeah, big fan. Bit, bit of an oddity as well, a random thing to have to do. Yeah. Brown, what about you? Well, I really like, you know, we spoke about it before, you know, with the ladder. I really like that the competition is, is heating up, you know. So the bottom two sides are starting to get some, some results, mm-hmm. you know. Dan and Ong City are out of there. The relegation battle is now well in play for a moment. It looked like, you know, the, was, those bottom three teams. Going, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think now Oakley, Paco, uh, Port, Thunder and South Melbourne are all sort of tie- were drawn into that, that relegation playoff mm-hmm. spot. Dandy are four points from the playoff spot. So mm-hmm. not quite within touching distance, but you know, it's, they're, they're not too far away. So that's great. There's a tight race between second and fifth. As well as, you know, a close race for that sort of, that finals, that last final spot. That sort of, you know, fifth to seventh bracket yeah. as well. So there's still still a lot to play for, for every for everyone, everywhere on the table. And, and even that top of the table as well, you know, whilst Avondale are sitting pretty at top, there's a final series to go after finishing first. Yeah, absolutely. So they're playing teams around them now and they're dropping points against them and they're getting really tested by these teams. So it's, yep. you know, it's yep. really good for the league. Yeah, well, and, you know, the draw as well is good for the league because it means they don't open up a nine-point gap. Yeah. So yeah. it stays pretty even there, so I like that. Cool. What about you, mate? Um, it's a positive or a negative. I'm not sure. What I really like is I like going to MPL games and not having to deal with bullshit policing. Yeah. You know, it's been a big sort of story that's come out of the weekend of, you know, the A-League semi-final, we should be talking about the football, and yet we're talking about, yet again, shithousery from the police. Mm. We've all been to football games where we've not been treated with mutual respect, and, you know, it's two sides to the argument. You know, there's definitely stupid supporters out there who behave like morons, but, you know, the footage that we saw from Sydney on the weekend was just absolutely shocking. And, you know, for the police to come out and make a statement that they did and the guy who they're talking about was like, I wasn't drinking. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, this is a lie. What they're saying is a lie. Um, You know, maybe three to four years ago, A-League wouldn't have had a voice to sort of stand on there. But I think people are now starting to turn around and be like, no, the, the level of policing at this is just not comparable to other sports and we're getting mistreated. Yeah, and, and, and the hardest thing with this as well is like, you know, it's it's impossible to tell what, you know, happened. It's very much he said, she said, mm-hmm. you know, the police say one thing, the fans say the other. But the, the big thing for me is common sense just sort of didn't seem to prevail. God, in, 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 in this well. instance, people, people are recording it. Yeah. There's a fucking cop with his hand on a gun as they're yeah. talking. It's like just... And there's 10 police there and he's a guy who's there with his kids. And, you know, if he did break a rule or do something, and that's the thing that we don't know, but it's sort of like common sense, I don't think, prevailed yeah, well, in, 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 in this instance. Yeah, totally. I mean, the common sense from his side was that, you know, he's trying to take his daughter to the disabled bathroom, which is closest, yep. and the police are stopping him from doing that. Yep. And you're like, 
That is the first level of common sense that didn't get adhered to. Yeah. And then the overhanded policing. Well, just... and, yeah, and, and the fact that he was kicked out, I think, is, you know... Is, I wouldn't. Is... I, I personally wouldn't go back to the A-League if I was him. I would, yeah. I would not be surprised if there is now supporters who are going, having a bad experience and not coming back. And I think that's the FFA. The FFA is... That's their biggest problem, well, is the, that they're trying to create a family-friendly environment and they're just not getting a leg up. Well, the football community has sort of rallied around him, so yeah. hopefully he's not a fan that's lost to the league and lost to the game. Yeah, I think it was uh, Craig Foster said, you know, get him some grand final tickets yeah. and fly the family over there. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's a good call. But, like, you're assuming that they want to go back. Yeah. You know, true, like... True. So, you know, I'm sure they do, but my negative stance on everything is that I wouldn't bloody want to go to a game after being treated like that. Um, Bran, you've got a little bit of shithousery for your next one. Go on, mate. This is a crucial one. I like that Liverpool did not win the league. Thank you. Yeah, and mainly... It really means a lot to me, mate. I know it's a a hard (laughs) spot for you, but, you know, the main reason why I like that Liverpool didn't win the league is that I can say, and everyone can say, that Liverpool still have fewer Premier League titles than Blackburn and Leicester. Sure. So are you one of the people that thinks that the NSL doesn't count? No, I'm not saying that. Oh, so you're saying that so that the 18 league titles that we do have don't count? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that they don't count. Oh, I'm just saying. Okay. So, so you're saying that the 18 first division titles that we have uh, are not on par with the one that Blackburn and Leicester have? Yes, correct. So, so, so the NSL doesn't matter. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, <laughs> saying, I'm saying, I'm saying the English non-Premier League titles don't matter. Oh, no, excellent. I'm not. I'm not. So I'm, you, you can see Branson packing himself at the moment as he starts to realise no, he has no. to saw the branches <laughs> sitting on. No, I just love, you know, Liverpool are like, yeah, you know, we would say, oh, most European titles of English clubs, blah, 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 FA Cup, League Cup, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We won the title 40 fucking years ago, but we can't <laughs> win the Premier League. Blackburn Rovers are sitting there. They were in League One. With Robbie Slater as well. They were Robbie <laughs> Later as I well believe so. Too, yeah. You know the mighty Blackburn Raiders. So um, I, I, I like that. Uh, the other thing that I like, and it wouldn't be fair. I mean, how many times did you mention Fulham? If I did not mention the fact that Liverpool did not win the title, I'm, season, I'm okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay. not, and that makes me mad that you're yeah. okay with it. Oh, dude, I think so. After the game was Allison like, got Golden Glove. Um, oh, Virgil van Dyke, whatever. Virgil, Virgil van Dyke got best player of the season, oh. and Salah and Mane got oh, joint golden boot winners. Get out Great. of town. Love it. I did love it. I think it was uh, Thorful and Alfie Mawson, one of the players, <laughs> didn't have a great season. A reporter asked him, Hey, you know, are you going to stay with the club next year? And he said, Well, no one else is going to take me. It's like, <laughs> so, I like so I like, I like the comparison of end of year, yeah, end of year things. <laughs> there. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, last thing that I like is there are some. Very tasty FFA Cup fixtures. There are some very tasty coming FFA up Cup in fixtures. round six of the FFA Cup, which we'll yeah. take a look at in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, is that you curtailing the end of it? I think we're done. I think. Well, I think we are for segment two. I think we well, are yeah, lovely. Segment two done, ladies and gentlemen. Join us back very shortly for part three, where we will look at the upcoming fixtures in both the FFA Cup and the league. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part three, the preview section of episode 14, 13, 14? 14. 14 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Um, you would have thought by <laughs> segment three I would have known where and which week we're talking about, but oh well. Yep. Um, Friday night. Three fixtures on Friday night. We have got Melbourne Knights versus Dandenong Thunder. Bit of an interesting one, considering Knights' form has been wavering, yep. but performance is good. Yep. Dandy uh, love giving up a goal, so yeah, you get back the Knights to score. Um, 
Pasco Vale versus Altona Magic. God, who knows what that game's going to be like. Could be completely dour. And Dandong City versus Port Melbourne Sharks. Yeah, this one's got a bit of spice to it as well, you know. Dandy City pushing to get out of that relegation zone. Port Melbourne falling, not into it, but closer. Yeah. Getting sucked into the abyss that is a relegation <laughs> a relegation scrap. Very poetic. Yes. Like Brand, what have we got on Saturday? Well, Saturday we've got three more delicious fixtures. We've got Green Galley taking on the Oakley Cannons. We've got a big one in Avondale versus Bentley Greens. And then a bit of a historic old NSL rivalry, Heidelberg against South Melbourne. Yes, Melbourne Olympiakos versus Melbourne Olympic Village. That is so bad. Yeah, mate. We're two Greek teams. I sort of see where you're going. Have us against Alexandros. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what about Monday? There is a, a Monday the, night fixture this week. Yeah, the ever-present Kingston City Monday night fixture returns. Uh, they're playing Hume City in a game that, um, you know, the food will be great. The football may not be. But Hume obviously yeah. got a great win this week. Mm. Um, Kingston City... Up and down. Very big loss against Dandy yeah. City and another poor performance. So mm. um, I'm expecting Hume City winner of that one. Um, but match of the round, what have you got there, Brand? Well, I've got Avondale against Bentley because I think it's hard, it's hard to go past mm. Avondale against Bentley. You know, first versus third, two powerhouses. Again, we're expecting to see them at the pointy end of the finals. It's going to be big, you know. For Avondale, we, we talked about their four games. If they can, even if it's, I mean, they'll be pushing for a win at this one at home, but even if they could, you know, get a draw, Bentley haven't looked good the past few weeks. So mm-hmm. I think this will be a big one, you know. If Bentley, you mentioned how they're sort of getting results despite not playing well. If they can do that against Avondale, that's huge. Big statement. Huge. But then on the flip side as well, if if Avondale can get that result, massive for They them. pull away. Yeah. They pull away the second half. Um, look, I think it is, what about on you? paper, Avondale-Benley is the match of the round, but that Friday night fixture between Dandy City and Port Melbourne, purely yeah. just because of Dandenong City's win last week and, you know, Port Melbourne's loss, you know, I think it's, yeah, oh, good Dandy go two on the trot. Well, maybe, and, and, and the other one as well, not quite match of the round, but definitely keep an eye on this one, is Heidelberg-South Melbourne, because I reckon that'll yeah. be... That'll be a big one. Oh, a difficult, yeah, I do think Avondale versus Benley is the match of the round, but there are some bloody fringe fixtures in there that can yep. almost challenge yep. for it. Speaking um, of uh, fixtures, though, mate, FFA Cup, round six. Lovely segue. Yes, put it on the board. Uh, I even remembered what round it was correctly this time, round six. So we've got some good matchups coming up. We've yeah, got. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, we've got Hume City taking on Bentley. Nice. Uh, we've got Bullying versus Northcote. That'll be a cracker. Eltham against Altona. Um, Geelong versus St. Albans. Good. Excellent pronunciation. <laughs> South Melbourne versus Langwarren. Uh, Moreland versus Westgate. I'm pretty sure they're both roads. I didn't know they were clubs. <laughs> like <laughs> One's a road, one's a freeway. Yeah. yeah. They've also got sure. clubs there. The uh, Battle of the Bitumen. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, good one. Uh, Massive one, the Knights taking on Avondale. You can't see this <laughs> off my, but I am just like punching the air with excitement. That is a cracker. Um, and then final one, less exciting, Werribee City versus Oakley. This is huge. These are some big FFA Cup games. Nice. Avondale both want to go deep. One well, of them is not going to. Well, the other thing, the thing that, you know, I, I said I like the FFA Cup draw, and one of the things that I like here is... Those non-NBL teams 
have it, they have a shot. So the big four MPL teams, the highest four MPL teams left all drew each other. So Hume City against Bentley, you know, two teams yep. in the finals and then the Knights against Avondale. Oh, sorry. Altona, Altona would be the only other one. Uh, the top team, mm. but you know, there's five, but, so it's going to be somewhere, but you know, Eltham, State League One, they're still there. Bulleen, Northcote City, yeah, you know, they're like, you know, doing big things in MPL2. Yep, yep, and they got relegated last year, so they're obviously, they're both in good shape, you know, trying to bounce back, so that'll be interesting as well. Yep. Uh, Geelong against St. Albans will be good, South Melbourne, Lang Warren. I mean, there's just, there's a few pretty mm. darn, pretty darn good ones in there as well, I yep. reckon. Um, Turning our gaze over to Southern United as well, off the back of their um, excellent 5-0 loss yep. against Bulleen, mm-hmm. they're uh, away to Geelong Galaxy this week, so yep. who knows, they might ship less than five goals. Maybe they're turning their conceded fortunes around. Well, Geelong are in the bottom half of the table, mm. but we'll see who what knows. happens. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, George. Yes, so on the weekend, bit of a bit of a no result for George. He did make an absolutely emphatic yeah, have, selection have you last not been week. Feeding him? I don't know. <laughs> I, well, I have been, so I don't know why. RSPCA. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say I don't. I don't know what about this got him so excited. Um, he actually threw the Heidelberg toss. Uh, uh, threw it through the toss through the tub. Mm. Sorry. Uh, unsure yet if that means that he really liked Heidelberg to win or if he really disliked him. I don't know. He's like, oh, I'm, you know, they're going to win, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> uh, the first time there's been a draw in a match he's tipped. Uh, yeah. George isn't about that, though. Hates draws. He's yeah. all, all about the W. Uh, we'll get him to predict this week. I think we both agreed this week. Bentley Avondale. As, yeah, as, that's, as, that's the match of the round. That's the main match of the round. So we'll get him to predict that one and, and see how it goes. See yeah. if he can continue his otherwise positive winning streak or tipping streak. Yes. Um, and on the topic of rabbits, it's time for us to hop on out of here, Branson. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us for episode 14 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I think in the upcoming weeks as well, we're going to start doing a look around Australia again. Look at how some of the other leagues are shaping up. But if you're heading out to games, let us know. Love to chat with you guys. Love to catch up. Um, so keep enjoying football. Keep being semi-professional. Thanks for listening to episode 14. The Semi-Pro Potty. Semi-Pro Potty.